Morning, everyone. It's a privilege to be up here with my husband. Normally, I'm quite nervous um, preaching, and I must say I found a lot of peace and comfort knowing that he's here with me. <laughs> Am I on now? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, thanks, Matt, for that um, generous intro. Um, as Matt mentioned, my name's Darren, and this is my gorgeous wife, Dar. Um, to kick it off, I think just to give you some insight into us as a couple, we thought maybe the story of how we first met might be apt. Um, we've both grown up in the Upper Highway area, die in the Waterfall area, myself and Kloof, <clears throat> but we've gone to different schools, different churches, different youths, so to be honest, our, our paths didn't cross much during those um, childhood or teenage years. The first time Di and I really met was, was in university. Now, when you're at university, you've got a lot of time to socialize, and having been involved in youth and church, we actually had a lot of mutual friends. And it was at one of these mutual friends' houses that, at a bra that, that we, we got to meet for the first time. I can distinctly remember exactly whose house it's at, where I was standing, and the person that made the introduction. He was my best friend from when I was 12, 13. We had kind of reforged that friendship in, in our early 20s, and he introduced me to Da, having sat next to her in mats throughout their whole high school period. To say this was a big moment for me is probably a bit of an understatement. It was life-changing. I mean, I was immediately captivated by the beauty of this, this girl. We only had maybe 10 minutes that night to chat, but it was, it was meaningful, it was powerful, it was deep. Um, I, I left that conversation desiring to know more about this girl. I mean, that brief but powerful meeting stuck with me that night into the next week. I just couldn't get her out of my head. Now, you would expect that such a significant moment in time would reverberate with both parties. <laughs> Dar has zero recollection of having ever met me at this particular bra. I mean, how powerful was that first impression that I made that she didn't even acknowledge my existence? I mean, what's the opposite of love at first sight? This was that. <laughs> um, but fortunately, two weeks later, at another social with a whole different bunch of people at someone else's house, I got to meet Da. Um, for, the, for, the, for the second time, I'll be honest, those words, nice to meet you, hit pretty hard. <laughs> um, but fortunately, God, seeing the desires of my heart, removed the scales from her eyes, she acknowledged my existence, and so began a friendship and a relationship that has continued to grow. <laughs> Thanks, babes. Uh, sure. Yes, yeah, good laugh. <laughs> no matter how many times I hear it. <laughs> Um, so Darren and I are both um, working, Darren's in the banking sector and I'm with the kids church, yeah, um, and we've been at Olive Tree for just over nine years. We've been married for about 12 and a half years and we have two gorgeous little children. Our little girl is eight and our boy is four and a half um, and we just adore our little family. It's been quite difficult and different preparing a preach with two people um, and it's Darren's first time today, well second time because of the first service. Um, so please extend a lot of grace towards us today. Um, so yeah, so we, we're looking today to chat into marital health and creating a godly family culture. Um, we thought to start with some fundamental biblical principles around marriage and family, and then we'll later on hopefully give you some practical tools that you can employ in your own relationships to, to deepen those relationships. But first, let's start on the word. Um, Genesis 1 verse 26. Sorry, I'm just waiting if it's come on the screen. So, yeah. 
Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Jumping down to verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Jumping a bit further in Genesis to Genesis 2 verse 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his mother and father and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Dion, if you could just put up Genesis 1 verse 26 there. Um, here we see God referring to himself, in the, or God, the reference to God in the plural. Effectively, the us, the our, this is in reference to the Trinity, where we have one God but a community of persons, being God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus. God then proceeds to make mankind in his own image. God designed us to relate to us to relate to one another in a similar fashion to how the Trinity does. So God creates two separate people. He created them, male and female. And then we t- it talks about them becoming one flesh. So God's design for marriage and for family is for the special community. The Trinity is a collection of people, so he created mankind in his image and created a similar community, institution, union in which we, want, we should be relating. God takes these two separate individuals, male and female, and binds them together in marriage. And this, to me, highlights that divine design. God's plan is for us to be in a community, to be in a union, after his own image, much as God, the Godhead, the Trinity is. Um, So when God created us in his image, he created a family, he created a marriage. And marriage and family are God's plan and design for us to grow and prosper. Ross and Amy Rogers spoke last week about God's plan for marriage or, uh, is for us to grow. And Ross shared this powerful picture, which I call like the triangle, where you've kind of got a husband and a wife and then God at the top. He did it on stage here. But as you both draw closer to God, so you draw closer to one another. Um, we may consider marriage or family to be a human construct or something that society or culture have come up with. But it's not. It's God's design. There's a divine design to this institution of family and this institution of marriage. And it's this divine design and community in which we are expected to relate to one another. Now, you might question why marriage only has two people, but God's design is for him to be the third member in that marriage. Much as the Trinity has three, there's two people in a marriage, and God's that third member in the marriage. Um, yeah, so that, that relates to that picture that Ross shared about the triangle and us drawing closer to God. <clears throat> Looking at another verse further emphasizes these principles. In Malachi 2 verse 15 in the message, God, not you made marriage, His spirit inhabits even the smallest details of marriage. And what does he want from marriage? Children of God. Just breaking that down, I mean, this to me highlights that marriage is designed by God. God, not you, made marriage. And further, that he's that third person in the marriage. His spirit inhabits even the smallest detail of marriage. Here we have like a picture of the divine design, that it starts with a husband and wife being knitted together as one. And then the family unit is expected to grow. So it starts with a husband and wife, and then it's to grow to include children.
So your own little family starts the day and you guys get married, okay? And just even the two of you are a family knitted together by God. And this marriage, this connection that you have is key to a healthy family environment. So Darren is reading from Malachi 2 verse 15, but I just want to read from a different translation and the New Living Translation. And it says, didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit, you are his. So um, if you can just leave that verse up, because we're going to come back to it. But God has united us together, husband and wife, as one. And this relationship, I believe, is the most important in a family. Because the time that you invest with one another, the love shared between you, the commitment you have to each other, is going to speak volumes to your children. And it's also going to bring a sense of stability and peace in your home. So it's very important for a husband and wife to be united in all things so you can create a godly family culture in your home. So I've told you that we're a family of four, and I was driving with my kiddies in the car, and I don't know, I can't remember where we were going, but now they've come up with the best idea ever, that we should have four steering wheels in our car. And they were coming up with the most crazy scenarios and how would it work, where we'd go, and I'm sitting in the front of the car thinking, oh, you guys have got such lovely imaginations. <laughs> and meanwhile, inside my head, I'm thinking, oh, it's the worst idea ever. That would never work. And it just got me thinking that in marriage, in order for us to move forward and where God wants us to go, we need one steering wheel. And that steering wheel is not even for your husband, and it's not even for you. It's for God. And we need to submit to each other and to God and know which direction is He wanting to take us on. Where is He wanting us to go on this journey? Okay, so there's three. God's in charge. He's got the steering wheel. So now Darren and I have recently been challenged on this, as you would when you're preparing a preach about marriage. Um, and one of the main reasons why we might argue is because we are not united in our approach to things. Now, we've recently moved homes as well, which is an added stressful factor just thrown in there. But one of our children is currently undergoing a season of feeling very fearful and anxious, especially as we just moved home. And it's brought so much tension into our home and our marriage for a few of those days. And it wasn't because of the fearfulness of our child and the anxiety, but it was because of us parents, how we were responding to that situation, how we were dealing with it. We were not unified in our approach. And the devil knows how to destroy our connection. He knows how to add stress into our home. And yeah, it was a very stressful few days. And a couple of days passed. We sat down, we chatted, we realigned our approach, and we were united as God would have intended us to be. And as soon as we did this, and we were on the same page, as so they say, the difference was tangible in our home. Peace just came in our home like you cannot believe. And it didn't change the situation with our child straight away. There's still a bit of anxiety and stress there. But the culture and the home environment had changed in an instant, guys. And we realized, we saw firsthand, that being united in our approach and as a couple has, plays a direct influence into your home family environment. So now that we are unified as a couple, what does God want? So from that scripture, guys, it's your turn to answer, what does God want now? Yeah, thank you. Godly so she children. Is a kids church teacher, so she pretty much gets the audience. Okay, so God wants godly children from our marriage. So God's perfect plan is first to have united um, marriage, husband and wife, and then to have godly children. And children are a blessing and gift from God, and they learn best 
by watching us and modeling our behavior. Okay, so now we've got the children part, but how do we get the godly part? Okay, we can most certainly pray for our children, and that's definitely the first step for anything. But the second one is a big one, guys, and it's not always easy because we are humans. So if you can look at Ephesians 5, verse 1 to 2, it says, Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. So imitate God, therefore, in everything you do. So we are called to imitate God. Us as adults need to put on a good godly behavior so our children are copying that. They are watching us every minute of the day, guys. Um, and it's quite, it's a big thing. You know, it's not easy. So I'm asking us now to consider how are we living? How is our, what is our home environment like? What do meal times look like in your home? How do your mom and dad treat each other? Do you pray and pray with your kids? How do you react to discipline? All these little things are so important in the big scheme of things. And it's not to put pressure on us as the parents or to make you feel guilty about anything, but I just want us to be mindful of the way of our, our homes and how we are living, that these mundane things are actually spiritually significant, that these little things are going to pave the way for bigger things, that these little things are important for our children. They are following us and watching what we are doing. So we're going to try our utmost to imitate Christ and follow his example. And a way we can do that is read our Bible more to find out how Christ lived and follow how to follow in his ways. So most of us have Bible apps on our phones, and they are very convenient. They are a useful tool. I use mine. Because when we are reading our Bible on our phones, do our children know that? They might think that we are on social media, that we are texting a friend. They don't know that we're reading a Bible. So I want to encourage you guys as parents in your home, pick up your actual Bible, the hard copy, and let your children see you reading this for a change, not just on your phone, which you might be very well reading the Bible on your phone, but they don't know that. They're watching us. So try and set that godly example for them. Another example is at mealtimes. We sit around the dinner table um, for dinner. Dinner table. And um, we use this time to pray to God and connect with each other. It's also very important to teach them etiquette and social behaviors. I feel like with young children, it's a constant daily reminder. Please don't put your hand in my face while I'm eating. And sometimes, I don't know if your kids do this, but our kids put their face straight into their plates like, and eat like an animal. And I have to say, please remember to use your fork or your spoon. And it's those things that like you have to constantly remind them all the time of what to do. And another thing is I often ask Darren at the end of this day, how was your day? And one day, my daughter surprised me, and she said on her own accord, how was your day, Daddy? And it just was so sweet to see her that she had caught my example, and she was living it out herself. And it was such a lovely moment. And if you know my daughter, she loves conversation, and she loves talking with adults. I know some of you have had the privilege of just talking to her, and that's what she would love to do all day, just talk. So friends, God has designed marriage as a perfect plan for us to be united first and then to have godly children. So we're going to try our utmost to imitate Christ. Now Darren and I are not claiming to have the perfect marriage, the perfect family. Um, we are still learning and we are growing. But we are committed to each other. We are committed to seeking a godly environment for our children, to 
put ourselves into a God-centered community which exposes them to the ways of God, that's what we want, and that's what we choose for our family, that despite how busy our lives can get, we choose to prioritize coming to church on a Sunday over extramurals and over parties, over whatever the weather's doing, and we also choose to be involved in a life group. Our children come with us to the life group, and I know that's not always easy, and it's not for everyone, but we have seen the spiritual value of being in community and having um, fellow believers around us. Um, yes, over to you, my babe. <laughs> okay, we're going to change tack a little bit. I mean, we've unpacked how key it is for a husband and a wife to be unified. But we wanted to give you some practical steps, some tools to help you have that connection, to deepen your relationship as married couples. Um, now, as we go through these, you'll see we're very much speaking from the direction of the connection between spouses. But certainly some of these you can employ to develop that family culture, connecting with your kids, connecting with your broader family. Um, these tools will help you foster and develop that relationship with your spouse and your family. So let's unpack these different levels or these different ways. Um, so we've pulled up what, what we've, we've called the five E's of kind of connecting. Um, so first up, we have eros. Now, eros is the Greek word for physical or sexual love. Now, this is a powerful way to connect with your spouse. But just taking a step back, we spoke in the beginning how God's got this divine design for marriage. He's taken it a step further, and he's exclusively created this connection point between husband and wife. It is hugely important that this is, forms a part of your marriage, that you prioritize this. Um, this is a deep connection that God has exclusively set aside for marriage. Um, and we believe this to be a key connection point. I'll be honest, in the stage of life we're in with young kids, it's very difficult. It was so much easier when we were younger to have sex regularly. But now, um, not so much when you have kids running around the house. <laughs> um, so, I mean, if you need to, schedule it into your weekly calendar to prioritize this. God designed marriage, and he designed the special connection point for you. So it should be a priority. So we're not going to unpack this topic too much further. There's a lot to unpack here. But in two weeks' time, we've got um, Christy Herschelman, who um, helps lead the Amshloti branch, coming through. And she's going to unpack this topic specifically. So 20th of August, I'd recommend you come through and come hear what Christy has to say on the topic of sex. Um, okay, so moving on. <laughs> Entertainment. <clears throat> so I find this is where a lot of couples get stuck. Entertainment involves watching TV together. Maybe on occasion you'll go and have a movie, but it's, it's a passive way of you being entertained as a couple. And to be honest, this doesn't create a very deep connection. I mean, how memorable is that series that you're going through that you watched two weeks ago? But we can maybe introduce more active ways to connect from an entertainment perspective. Board games or even video games are something that we've done, and now we can even kind of bring our kids in on that. But just you know, create a space where it's more actively entertaining yourselves in, is, is a good way to do this. And again, a great way to bring kids in on the, on the mix with board games and things like that. <clears throat> but I think if I look at it, I find often couples get stuck in, or limit their connection to these kind of first two levels. Um, however, I do know that there are marriages out there that aren't even connecting on the eros side of things, and I would recommend you do prioritize it. But 
<clears throat> Let's explore some of the other levels or the other ways that you can deepen that relationship. So, <clears throat> experiences and experiments. Often we see our spouses doing the exact same thing in the same way day after day. Why don't we try something new? When was the last time that you did something for the first time with your spouse? When was the last time you, you did something new, something fresh? Let's do that. Let's do new, fresh things with our spouses and spend that quality time with them. Let's step outside of the rut, outside of the routine, and engage in new and exciting ways with our spouses. Maybe you strap on your walking shoes and go explore nature, find a beautiful waterfall, go on a hike. <clears throat> Maybe it's cooking. Cook something new and exciting rather than have bangers and mash for the hundredth time in your life. Get together in the kitchen and cook some exotic dish. I don't know, maybe it's a Greek dish or Korean or an Indian dish, but do it together. Um, why don't you craft or build something together? Um, take on a little project, redo a room at the house, do like a woodwork project or paint together. Um, there's, there's something that's come up called escape rooms where you get stuck in a room and you've got to solve puzzles to escape it. Do that together. Maybe it's a sport. I mean, you can jump on the paddle wagon that everyone's, uh, this new sport that everyone's got. Do it together. Or maybe it's an extreme sport. Certainly, I don't think we would get there, but go skydiving together. Um, if I think back to one of the best dates we ever had, it's, we went uh, quad biking up the north coast through the sugar cane. But for both of us, it was the first time, and it was an amazing experience that we speak about years later because it was a unique new experience that we did together. <clears throat> So effectively, do something you wouldn't ordinarily do. Step outside of the box together and do it together. So related to this, this is often how we try to spend one-on-one -on -one time with our kids. Um, with Abby, my daughter, we have something called a daddy-daughter date. Or with Nathan, we have a boys' day out. But I'll try to take them somewhere new and exciting and we'll experience it together. An example of this is I actually took Abby down to the Natural History Museum down in Durban, which is completely free. But it was a phenomenal morning of learning and experience and these little experiments that you do. And we learned about big mammals and birds and dinosaurs. And years later, she still talks about that quality time where we did something new and unique together. Um, <clears throat> so let's move on to education. Why don't you learn something with your husband or wife? Do something that helps you both grow. Maybe you take up a cooking class together, or maybe it's a dance class together. Why don't you learn a language together? It doesn't have to be external courses. There's a lot of these Christian self-help books that you can work through together. Or maybe it's a podcast that you pick up and you both listen to and chat through together. Um, we've done a, uh, several of church courses. The church has just kicked off the, kicked off the Carlo, the Keep Your Love On series. We've done parenting classes together. The church regularly runs Bible studies. But do it together. Step in it together. Find something that has the two of you going in the same direction. Do something that neither of you know about and take that first step in discovering and learning it together. As an alternative, why don't you invest time in finding out about your partner's interest? Find out what excites them about that sport or that hobby or that interest that they have. I'm not saying, like, throw yourself fully into it, but just understand the basics. So when they come home having caught a certain fish, that you at least know why, why that makes them so excited or what it's about. Okay. Um, <clears throat> that brings us to the fifth E, which is external engagement. 
Now, we've put two little subheadings under this, being serving and evangelism, because they're very related, but largely because we battled to come up with a synon- an e-synonym for serving, so <laughs> that's why that's in there. Um, but some background to this one. Early on in our marriage, I was sitting and chatting to my dad, and I was being very critical of my wife and our marriage. Um, having heard me out, I thought he would speak into our marriage, but in fact, he challenged me to <clears throat> look outside our marriage and see where I could externally make an impact. And this was a hugely powerful principle for me. I'd become very introspective and very overly critical of our situation, and to be honest, it was without merit. But by seeing how I could make a difference outside of the household, I gave myself and our marriage a greater purpose to pursue. So just when we started in the beginning, we talked about God's knitted us together for a purpose. And I believe that, extends, that we are called to extend the kingdom of God together as a couple. Um, as much as Da might have some of her own ministries and I have some of my own, how much more powerful as a united couple that we look to extend that kingdom to <clears throat> evangelize together. I mean, we're called to serve the community, but let's do it together as a couple. Let's extend that kingdom of God together as a united marriage. <clears throat> We've got a soup kitchen here at church. Why don't you put your hand up and serve in that together as a couple? We've just kicked off this Good Neighbors initiative that Matt mentioned when he was doing notices. Put up your hands as a couple to go and see how we can uplift this community of Ploof together. Find people and families in need. There are people going through some very difficult circumstances. And see how you can help them through their situations. Maybe it's dropping off meals, having you in their home. But seek ways to invest your time, your money, and your skills to uplift others. And I honestly believe this is hugely powerful when you do it with your spouse. By transforming the lives of others, you will transform your relationship. By stepping outside of ourselves, outside of your household, you can give your marriage a greater purpose. Just touching on evangelism, there's the Great Commission in Matthew 28, verse 19. It instructs us to go and make disciples of all nations. Jesus commissions us to preach and share the good news that we are saved through believing in him. God's knitted you into a marriage. Are you as a couple actively seeking friends and family that you are evangelizing to? Um, We've got strengths and weaknesses in our marriage, but how powerful will you work together to spread that good news of God? Certainly, one place that we see it is is creating a, a godly culture, a godly home that we can invite people in and host and be purposeful about it. God has people that your family needs to touch. Create that environment and bring them into your home, but be purposeful about it. Um, So just going back to something Diane mentioned about imitating Christ, I think this external engagement is a phenomenal way to bring your kids. It's an area, a great way, area to get your kids involved. If you're engaging with a family and helping them, Get your kids involved. Help them understand what you're doing in in extending the kingdom of God. Bring them along to the shops. Get them cooking that meal. Get them involved in dropping it off. Your kids in schools are evangelizing to people. Support them in that. Help them pray for their friends. Help them unpack what they're saying to their friends in evangelizing it. 
Collectively, a family unit's a powerful place to evangelize and serve God. <clears throat> so listen, these, this is just a framework, and it's just something we've chatted about. This isn't the, the ultimate, the be-all. Even the examples I've given aren't comprehensive. But I'm hoping that we, using this formula or this framework, can just spur some ideas on how you can deepen your relationship with your spouse. Um, it can help you align your marriage and get on that same page. Um, so I, I really do encourage you, use these tools. It'll help create a godly family culture if you can include your kids in on them. So guys, the Word of God is true and it's powerful. And I want us to now look at a psalm together. I'm going to ask Darren to read a little part. And then I just want to pick up a few points within it, just so you can know my thoughts a little bit. And then I want to pray this psalm over us as a blessing for us in our marriages and our families. And so it's from Psalms 128. So verse 1 says, Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. So we are going to pray for blessings as we are obedient and we follow his example. We are imitating Christ. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy and it shall be well with you. So we're going to pray for blessings in our work and that we may find favor with God and with man. Um, I frequently pray for Darren in his work and in his business and I pray for God's blessing upon him. And I can't tell you the number of times that he's received unexpected promotions and bonuses. And sure, I think it's just for the prayers and thanks to God. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house. So I'm going to pray for happy, healthy spouses that we can support and love each other. And now the next phrase I'm going to say, I had it so many times during my preach when we were preparing. And Darren said, oh, you're mentioning it too many times. So here is it. Listen carefully, okay? Happy wife. Equals happy laugh. She had it like four or five times in the future. <laughs> um, your children, like olive plants, all around your table. So I pray that our children will be like olive plants. And did you guys know that an olive plant is an extremely slow-growing plant? And it requires years of patient labor to reach full fruitfulness. Again, it's also very significant in the economy. There's uses with oil, medicine, furniture, um, food. So just with our kids, we need to be patient. We need to sow into their lives daily. It's a long, slow process, but I encourage you to persevere because the fruit is coming and their children, our children are significant in our, in our homes, in our family. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you out of Zion. And may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. So we're going to pray for prosperity in all we do, for us to live long, fruitful lives and see our grandchildren, and for peace to reign in our hearts and in our homes. So can I just ask you to stand up with me? I'm going to pray this over us, and now you know a bit more of my thoughts behind the Psalms. Blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy, and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the very heart of your house, your children like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you out of Zion. And may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. 
Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. And Lord Jesus, we just want to thank you for your perfect plan that you have for us, marriage and children, and that you are teaching us so many different things in this um, construct, that we are learning and growing to become more and more like you, God. And Jesus, we just want to pray for the marriages and families, God, that you have blessed us. And Lord, I just want to thank you for each and every single one of us. And God, I also just want to come before you and say that sometimes we make a mistake, that we are not living as you intended us for to live. You, we have messed it up. Our plan has been ruined. And God, I just want to thank you, Lord, that you can redeem any situation, that you can turn chaos into order, and that your Holy Spirit can mend hearts, and you can heal broken relationships, and you can restore marriages and restore families. And we thank you right now for your powerful work in our lives. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. How good is that? Why don't you give them a hand? <clears throat> thank you so much, guys. Can I be a pain and ask you to take your seats for, I promise, one more minute? It's kind of like that mass teacher that keeps you behind after the bell. You just want to get to a big break. Um, Dion, if you could pop up those uh, five uh, E's for me. So I just want to say I fully endorse pretty much every word of that. What a beautiful, fantastic message. Thank you for guys for serving us so well and doing uh, what the brief was. Um, I just want to talk for one second. I said to uh, Darren and Dion on the phone this week, I can relate to the five E's because it looks a lot like my matric um, uh, results. Um, for those people who are here who are single, um, two groups of you, people who are single because of a calling, so you feel like that's the, a, the other A plan God has for you. We see that in Scripture, no B plans, but two A plans. And then a bunch of us that through whatever circumstances are single and not desiring it, desiring for that to change. A lot of you um, raising kids on your own or partly on your own or, or all those other things. I just want to say that although we fully endorse and believe that marriage is such a beautiful, good thing, that outside of that, those top two E's, let's just focus on the bottom three. All of those, the great gift God gives us, is that all of those are beautifully available in relationship with God and in His wider household, His community, His church that He calls us to. Now, you remember Darren shared earlier that God actually enters into a covenant with us. We are all, before we are anything else, before we marry to any human or not marry to any human, we are called the bride of Christ. He has loved us with an unending love as a groom loves his bride, and that never goes away in and out of every season. But more than that, we see over and over again in Scripture, single people being used beautifully for the mission of God and being plugged into healthy, vibrant community where what we need gets met, we get served and loved and prayed for, and we get to bring service and love and prayer to others as well. If you're in that season, category A or category B, calling or not calling, I want you to know that God has community for you, God has his presence for you, and God has a wonderful purpose for you now. It's not on pause. We see, for one example, in the book of Acts, we hear about Philip's four daughters who are unmarried that are prophesying and building the church and being used. Please don't feel like life is on pause because all of that, they're in community. Come along to Happy Hearts on the third Thursday of every month. Get involved in community. The call of God and the love of God and the community of God is not on pause in any season. So please stay plugged in and come along next week to hear a little bit more about that outside of the confines of marriage. Is that okay? 
Fantastic. Go enjoy a big break, grab some tea and coffee and some scones. Thank you, Sandy, for the scones. And uh, we'll see you next Sunday. Thanks, everybody.